0: Hello friends and welcome. It's your boy, Discount Walter White. I'm here talking about something that is very close to my heart on this wonderful episode of the Blue Skies Mix. I'm going to be talking about something that I've been referring to as Generation Extinguished, Generation X and how they failed us as parents. I'm not going to go into personal detail at this time as far as my own personal experience. For instance, how my parents fucked up and how I learned how to be a better parent because they fucked up. Doesn't fix the fact that they fucked me up, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, In the theme of this music, or yeah, this music, in the theme of this uh, conversation, I'm going to actually be using the musical theme on this episode uh, because I'm actually sitting recording this for once, not just splicing in snippets here and there. Uh, This is going to be a solid recording with appropriate breaks as necessary, but... Like I said, the musical taste for this one's going to be rebellion. It's going to be, fuck you, I'm better than whatever it is that you try to make me. And in the spirit of that, I'm going to be using the artist's music uh, of, I want to say, genuine, authentic, fuck you, can do attitude. And the artist in question is Head P.E. That is H-E-D space P dot E dot their head planet earth now the uh musical uh i guess quandary aside we're going to go with this ad is bugging me man it's like these people just like connection community care (sighs) yeah y'all need to look the fuck elsewhere please i'm busy anyway I'm going to be talking about Generation X and what they have done to my generation, Millennials, Generation Y. How they failed us a little bit as a generation. And I'll get to the personal shit later on or in a different episode entirely. I have not decided yet. I think I might do uh, that rundown in a different one. But at this time, I'm going to go ahead and say I might tack it on here, but it'll be later. Now, to get to the fucking point, Generation X... And uh, there, I was going to say ilk. Uh, Gen X, they were born between 1965 and 1979/1980. They're currently between the ages of 41 and 56 years old. And that's roughly 65.2 million people in the United States as of July 6th, 2021. That number might have been thinned a little bit because COVID hopefully was out there doing its fucking job, according to the government. But hey, we'll get to that later. <laughs> anyway, uh, Generation X is, if I recall, considered the, I guess, directionless, lost generation. Uh, some, of them were, some of them were hippies, but not quite that many. Uh, Most of them are just bitter, directionless, keep your nose in the groundstone, don't you dare fucking dream, unnecessary, bitchy-ass Karens. Uh, They like to complain, they like to bitch, they like to moan. Most of them failed us, some of them helped uplift us, and some of their parents were cooler than they are. So I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, if you're part of Generation X, some of y'all are pretty fucking cool. Like I got an uncle. He's a bit of a fucking creep, and hope he hears this. Calm the fuck down, you creepy son of a bitch. But he's pretty fucking cool. Like he's the one who would come and pick me up and be like, "Hey, come on, get your shoes on. We're gonna go driving." And he would, he would put me in the driver's seat and he'd hop in the passenger seat on back roads and shit and be like, "All right, drive us home." And you know that was my lot. But you know he was cool. I could go and have, I could go to him and have a good time and we'd laugh and. Him being a bit of a weirdo aside. He's the one that I can always message and be like, Hey, have you seen this fucked up crazy shit going on? He'd be like, hell yeah, here's what's going on with that shit too. I'd be like, oh shit? And we'd swap notes back and forth. Like, it was, it's that kind of cool. He's that kind of chill. And I might be on some shit as far as, like, knowing some shit, but he's right up there with me in his own category. Like, I've got, I've got knowledge and information that I can't explain. He's got knowledge and information he can fucking explain. So... I'm glad of that. We all got wisdom in different categories, and I am definitely glad that I have uh, access to his whenever he's willing to share it. So, if I sound like I am right up on this fucking mic, it's because I basically am. This thing is right beneath my chin, and I'm I'm fucking into this right now. I'm in the zone, baby, and uh, let's get to it. So, Gen X, uh, let's. You know what? Since I'm here, let's fix this age range shit and. Uh, we'll do... Ooh. I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like some of these topics are good. Character... Characteristics... Negative characteristics... Traits and stereotypes. I like the sound of that. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Generation X. Um... How could we put this? Let's see if we can find anything... Uh... I like the look of that, good and bad, there we go, Uh, let's see, ooh, wow, Uh, I don't know if I want to read that from the New York Times, because the New York Times is the New York Times, the New York Times is garbage, however, I kind of feel like I might be getting into that at some point. Why Generation X might be our last best hope? That was 2017, buddy. Y'all already fucked up. You missed the fucking boat, buddy. All right. I just want like good and bad shit they did. Can I not have that? Fuck it. New York Times. It is. Let's see what you got. Uh, my cat's losing her shit, playing in the background. How did you get that thing way the fuck over there? Don't you don't you make it worse? Calm down. All right. That's enough. Let's see. You wanna subscribe now to our bullshit? Nah, 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 nah. Alright. Ooh. Ooh. That's a hell of a way to start. Um, what is an X? Oh yeah, who the fuck made this article? Alex Williams, he looks like a Gen Xer. Anyway, New York Times, Alex Williams, actually Gen X did sell out. Invent all things millennial and cause everything else that's great and awful. Oh, okay. I like that he used the word awful. I can appreciate that. I'm hoping this article doesn't suck dick, so let's get right into it. And this is me critiquing it along the way, because I'm definitely going to be doing that. Did I just get a phone call? No, it's some bullshit notification. Alright, what is an X? An empty set, a placeholder, a nothing that fills a void until an actual something comes along. Some of you millennials out there, you wouldn't be able to appreciate shit from their generation. You'd be like, you're correct. We're something better. We came along. We're going to replace them. hang oh my God. Gen Z feels the exact same way about us. Why don't you ever fucking say some shit like that, please? Or if you are saying some shit like that, go fucking ham with it, and we can all laugh at you together. Thank you. For the members of Generation X, born between 1965 and 1980, that was never us. Quote, they have few heroes, no anthems, no style to call their own. Unquote. Wrote Time Magazine in a 1990 cover story called 20-something that marked our debut as a class on the national stage. They crave entertainment, but their attention span is as short as one zap of a TV dial. Wow. God. <laughs> this dude ain't got no love for him. Whoever the fuck he's quoting right now. Some Time Magazine dude. Let's see. <clears throat> they hate yuppies, hippies, and druggies. They postpone marriage because... They dread divorce. They sneer at Range Rovers, Rolexes, and red suspenders. To be fair, red suspenders are pretty fucking gay. And I don't mean gay as in, like... Oh, my God. Look at Terrence. Oh, my God. This shoes look so good on him. I'm talking, like, gay as in, like... People from Phoenix are Phoenician. Shut up, fag. If you know which comedian that's from, I don't care what he did. That shit was funny, okay? Yeah, no, for real, though. Like, that... You're, you're not even, like... Happy fun time, gay. You're just lame, gay. Like, Jesus Christ. Moving on. Uh, oh, also, Rolex is overpriced, and Range Rovers are okay. Actual, real SUVs, if you know who you are, then you know who you are, are uh, way better. And I'm so glad to be part of that community. Anyway, leave aside the fact that struggling 20 somethings of any era tend to sneer at luxury goods. Ooh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> At that point, the oldest members of Generation X were 25. No one really knew what we were. Actually, that's about true. Uh, That's actually pretty correct. Anyway, but someone apparently knew what we weren't. Dreamers, revolutionaries, world changers, like the baby boomers before us. I mean, eh? To the extent that we were defined, we were defined in the negative. The first generation in American history to be written off before it had a chance to begin. That is not wrong. Take it from a Gen Y, from a millennial. That ain't fucking wrong, okay? I hate, Oh God, I hate everyone, but I fucking agree with that, okay? I, I don't hate that. That is correct because every generation since that generation has been defined as, well, it's got no future, God, they're hopeless, blah, 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 and the people in that generation either say, I fucking hate my generation or they hate the generation that comes after them. Everyone hates every generation before this, that's how that works, because we've all got a grudge match that we set up and that's just how it works out. We don't try to foster connection and actual unity. It's not, it's always you either conform or you fuck off and that's how it's always been. And until we can break that stupid little cycle, here the fuck we go. Anyway, let's see, Let's scroll on down past this big fucking ad, wow. Alright, now it's been a quarter century since the cliché is ossified. Here is another negative to chew on. What if everything we decided about Generation X turned out to be wrong? What, that y'all y'all had hope and ambition and y'all just sort of let it fizzle out like Generation Y kind of has? I'm so disappointed in my generation, but like I said, we keep perpetuating this shit until we can break it. You know, here we go. I actually, I, that's the thing, I actually have hope for my generation, but not until they get their head out of their ass. This generation is even smaller than it might appear. There is one thing people do get right about America's Generation X: there aren't that many of us—roughly 65 million, according to recent data from the Census Bureau. Sandwiched between the "change the world" boomers, around 75 million, and the "we won't wait for change" millennials, approximately 83 million, we were doomed to suffer a shared case of middle child syndrome—an eight-figure strong army of Jan Brady's. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fucking savage! Oh my god, that's fucking great! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reference is fucking. Mm, that reference is fucking poignant. That shit's fucking funny. Oh my god. Okay, at the risk of uh, at the risk of this getting derailed for any more than it actually has already, let's fucking continue. Jesus Christ! An eight fi- an eight figure strong army of Jan Fransies. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that shit's funny. Oh, God. Okay. I'm probably enjoying this article too much, but God damn it, it's, it's, it's nice to do this. And her generation may be smaller than that. Only 41% of the people born during those years even consider themselves part of Gen X. Or Generation X. According to one MetLife study. Most people I know who ever copped to X-ness. What the fuck is. <laughs> that shit's lit, fam! That's totally swoot, bro. Don't be a grommet. All right. The fuck's a grommet? Most people I know who ever cro- whoever copped to Exynos were born in the later 60s or early 70s, a window of maybe eight years. And it's uh, an aside. My wife was born in 1979 and has no idea who Fonzie is. Case closed. Oh, wow. No shit? Dude, I'm, I was born in the fucking early 90s and I know who the fuck Fonzie is. It's the Church of the Fonz, man. All right. Jesus Christ, my dated ass references. Our generation also showed a disturbing tendency to lose its leading lights due to untimely death. Boomers never got over losing Jimmy, Janice, and Jim during a 10-month span of 1970 and 1971. But consider the Generation X icons who were snuffed out at an early age. Tupac Shakur, Jeff Buckley, Brandon Lee, Elliot Smith, Biggie Smalls, River Phoenix, Shannon Hoon, Elia, and a certain beloved flannel-clad rocker from Aberdeen, Washington who has gotten enough ink in Generation X articles. Yeah, I know, I felt that one on Tupac Shakur. Like, Tupac was my shit back in the day. I love Tupac's music. You ain't gotta be from the hood to enjoy Tupac's music and actually appreciate the fucking message. The man was a poet, and he came from a really dark background. That man rose himself up, he lifted himself up. Today's rappers and hip hop artists have no fucking idea what actual experience and what actual music and poetry is. They're basic product bitches, and if you keep promoting their shit, you're not going to get any good music. So I look forward to seeing how y'all deal with that. So as far as I'm concerned, y'all can get fucking stay fucked. Get fucked, can't Hit him with a hard T. All right. I'm <laughs> part of the Great Friends Club. It wasn't just that our, our that our numbers were small. Our cultural moment was a blip boomers owned several decades of mass entertainment and it was truly mass from howdy duty in the 1950s to the big chill in the 1980s with about 82% of the rock and roll that's worth listening to between them really i don't know about that i kind of i beg to differ there's some pretty excellent shit from my generation uh for not from my generation wasn't doing shit back then we don't even have exclusive rights to our own name. Generation X was the title of, 1964, of a 1964 book about mod era British teenagers, a punk band from the 1970s featuring Billy Idol and a satirical novel usually mistaken as a sociological treatise by Douglas Copland and. Uh, Copland. Not Copland and. Copland. All boomers. They were all fucking boomers. Wow. That sucks. Also, if you don't come to. I'm glad you're playing, but please chill the fuck out. Or go play somewhere where you can break some shit and I won't hear it until it's way too fucking late. <laughs> Alright. Let's see. The artifacts that branded Generation X's irony-obsessed Iconoclass, scarfing antidepressants under a permanent Seattle gray sky think Hunger Strike by Temple of the Dog Elizabeth Wurtzel's Prozac Nation maybe the Ben Stiller show doing a Lassie parody with Charles Manson as the dog were niche to begin with and were booted from the stage after maybe four years... Of the early 90s. Ooh. Damn, really? I, I feel his knees coming on. Moment, uh. <coughs> oh, shit. Alright, that was a good one. I needed that. Did you hear the back of my, like, the back of my mouth do this weird little pocket bubble thing and fart? Did you hear that? And you went blur? Like, it was fucking weird. God, hearing that inside my mouth was, ooh, disturbing. Anyway, let's see. How far along are we? I haven't been paying attention to the timer. Oh, we're coming up on a break. Yeah, this is looking good. Let's finish the uh, this segment of the article and we'll come back uh, after a break and read some more. Let's see. Grunge was on life support the moment the news media decided to call it Grunge. To folks in the scene, it was still punk. It was given last words in 1992 when Mark Jacobs unveiled his, then, his then-risable new visionary style grunge line that got him fired from Perry Ellis. Okay. And grunge was cremated. Its ashes flushed down the Pike Place Market Starbucks toilet. That same year when the Styles section of this newspaper allowed itself to be hoaxed by a former sub-pop records employee on its lexicon of grunge, serving up bogus mosh pit lingo like big bag of bloatation, drunk, lame stain, uncool person, and swinging on the flippity flop, hanging out. What the fuck? what the fuck did I just read Uh, serving up bogus mosh pit lingo like big bag of bloatation which means somebody's drunk or a drunkard lame stained as someone who's basically lame in a square and swinging on the flippity flop for hanging out why the fuck what are you doing I'm swinging on the flippity flop who the fuck would even want to say that over hanging out what are you doing I'm hanging out what are you doing I'm fucking chilling dude like it's way easier than saying swing it on the flippity flap. Are you fucking serious? That dude's a big black of blotation A big black yeah. A big bag of blotation Yeah, a blig black of blotation I want some bacon bitch but yeah. <clears throat> That's that dude over there. That dude's drunk as fuck. Like, what's wrong with that guy? He's drunk. Now lame stain I kinda like. Lame stain, uncool person. What's that dude? That dude's a lame stain. What the fuck does that mean? He's a fucking square. Actually, no, I think I like Square more. That guy's a lame stain. What's wrong with him? He's a lame stain. What the fuck is lame stain? Oh, um, he's about as, uh, he's about as cool as, uh, a fully melted glacier, so. Y'all can't calm down for shit, can you? Alright, so, let's see. To continue on. This dude basically bogus to them on lingo, got a good article and probably got some money. Oops, so it's easy to decide that Gen X is culturally irrelevant if you're comfortable with the dangerous prospect of making sweeping conclusions about the identity, values, and culture of millions of individuals from every imaginable background. <coughs> I mean, that's, that's a good way to look at it. They're only culturally irrelevant if you want to make a huge fucking generalization about an entire generation worth of people. That's the identity, value, and culture of millions of individuals from every possible fucking background out there. That's, that's a bit excessive. Don't be like that. Don't be doing that shit, y'all. Anyway, uh, to go ahead and close this out, um, if you're enjoying this so far, if you are liking the information that I'm giving you, and if you enjoy me not being a screaming fucking lunatic for once or a drunken bastard, then by all means, please give me some support over on Cash App. Uh, that is cash White, all one word. And I do accept Bitcoin, so if you'd like to toss a coin to your Walter, I'd be more than happy to accept it. Every penny goes to keeping this going and to supporting this uh, this podcast of mine. This podcast broadcast, the Blue Skies Mix. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, I can maybe bridge a gap. Uh, maybe we can relate a little bit on something. Because like I said, I'm going to be you know picking apart this article and stuff. But as it's going so far, I mean, I'm kind of digging where he's going and I'm a child of Gen X so you know I've got a fucking bone to pick with some other generation but we'll get to that after I'm done reading the article because there are some things that one of the biggest things that they did that I'm gonna take a huge fucking gripe with but we'll get to that in a bit Um, but as it stands we're gonna cut off and uh, jump into some uh, Head P.E., the artist of choice for this episode and uh, this song I think we're going to go with, uh, yeah, I believe we're going to go with Renegade, honestly. That's uh, a good song. It's one of their, it's one of the top uh, songs played on their uh, Spotify. So if you've got premium, listen to it in full. If you don't, here, enjoy the snippet. Go check them out where you can. Throw them some love. Tell them that uh, your boy, Discount Walter White sent you. And we'll see you guys after the break. Enjoy. friends and welcome back it's your boy discount walter white going over generation x extinguished some of you might be able to appreciate the i want to say wordplay there and i hope you enjoyed that song by head p.e that's renegade renegade by head p.e an excellent song to uh kick up those uh fuck you can do attitude vibes and uh i guess let's jump right back into it so <clears throat> Going back into the article by uh, Mr. Williams. Uh, let's see. All right. I need to turn that down a little bit. There we go. Uh, thank God the count's come down a little bit. One of them's taking a poop though. So y'all didn't need to know that, but I wanted to tell you that. <laughs> All right. I'm going back into it though. Let's see. Did the working class. The working class class, trans kid, living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Marine, recruit from the South Bronx, the heiress in Rhode Island. Okay, I think this is a new typo, hold on. The, the working class trans kid, living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Marine recruit from the South Bronx, the heiress in Rhode Island, or heiress in Rhode Island, and the surfing phenom in Huntington Beach, California, all groove on Mystery Science Theater 3000 in 1992? Would it matter if they did? Dude, MST 3K is the shit. I would love to have all those fucking episodes, all the little fucking, all the MST3K bits, if I could have them all, not counting uh, that new shit they did, because fuck Patton Oswalt, but if I could have all the old stuff from back in the day, and actually have that stuff on DVD, that would be my bread and fucking butter, and I was like one year old in 92, so, like, it was, it was great, anyway but to cede irrelevance even after 25 years of reflection would be hold on but to seed the relevance even after 25 years of reflection would be to let the winners the boomers or maybe the millennials write our history for us like bell bottoms aviator shades and birkenstocks we've been wearing the cliches imposed by other generations since zima was cool zima was never cool that's in the article and now as our double cards begin to arrive in the mail <laughs> maybe, just maybe, it's time to turn those clichés on our heads one by one. We were never slackers. There it is, the Big Bang, the Generation X cliché from which all others were born. But where did slacker come from? The answer is one, in one sense, is obvious. From the 1991 film of the same name by Richard Linklater, also a boomer. Slacker featured a bunch of 20-something non-actors wandering around Austin, Texas before a 16 millimeter film camera muttering daffy inanities like we've been on Mars since 1962 until the film's $23,000 budget ran out. Martian colonies, apparently, were what you talked about when you were young. The economy was lousy, and you could still freely traverse Austin without running aground on bon mi food trucks and emigres from Brooklyn. I mean... That's a life I never lived, bud, so to each of you, whatever your own is. Slacker was, by all accounts, a seminal film, although I don't remember any of my Gen X friends getting through more than 30 minutes of it. We preferred Dazed and Confused, Mr. Linkletter's Celluloid Slurpee from 1993. I don't know if I like that fucking term there, bud. Because that was about high school students in 1976, yes, boomers, and for years we bought the law that older people's culture mattered more than our own just because there were more of them. Rootless cosmopolitans, we were told to look to the past for significance. So we did. To the Sinatra, Frank Sinatra, Rat Pack, Swingers, 1996. To Kennedy era, Madison Avenue, Mad Men, created by Matthew Weiner by, let's see, 1965, okay. To the male blow dryer era, That 70s Show, Jesus Christ. Red Foreman is still the best character in that show. A beard in every hand and a boot in every ass. What we did not find significant was the Slacker label. The Slacker tag never really applied to me or anyone I knew, said Sarah Bell. Okay. Born 1969. An author and contributor to This American Life, who spent her 20s juggling graduate studies with a teaching gig at an art school on multiple deadlines per week as a freelance journalist. Even though my friends and I all look like extras from Reality Bites, she said, our Puritan work ethic was probably more than, more, ni- more, yeah, more 1690s than 1990s. Jesus Christ. Can y'all calm the fuck down? Can y'all give me 15 minutes of just solid quiet and in the breaks y'all can have all the fun you want? God damn. Y'all are loud as shit. Alright. I'm right on the mic, and I guarantee you, y'all are coming over a lot louder than I am. Cool your shit, you little psychopath. I get it, you're my cat, but fuck. You're the cutest sociopath I've ever seen. No. You ain't all that stuff. You're just cute, and you're excited, and you're playful. For a cat that's fixed, I'm amazed you have that much energy. Alright. Central to the slacker myth was coming of age during the early 90s recession, which, according to 90s surveys of our generation, apparently doomed us to failure for life. Ah, yes, I remember the 90s. Everyone called it the glory days, said that those were the best years. I feel like that's not the case, though, y'all. What the fuck? Calm the fuck down. Cool it. Jesus Christ. Do I got to put the A.C. on like negative 6,000 degrees so that way you calm the fuck down because your body heat drops so low you're going to hibernation? Cryogenic freezing? What do you need from me to cool the fuck out? All right. (laughs) Okay. And yes, the recession was real. People lost jobs, including George Herbert Walker Bush in the 1992 presidential election. Ooh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, George H.W., fuck you and your entire family. Uh, anyway, Bill wasn't much fucking better. If you know what you know. Anyway, people looked for jobs and did not find them. But the recession that supposedly served as cement shoes for a generation was, in historical terms, relatively short and mild. It lasted just 8 months, with unemployment bottoming out at 7.8% compared to the 1980s recession that lasted 16 months with a peak unemployment rate of 10.8%. Holy shit. And the Great Recession starting in 2007, which lasted 18 months with unemployment around 10%. Damn. But by the time the 90s recession ended in March of 91... The oldest Gen Xers were barely 26. The youngest were in middle school, and the post-recession economy that followed was closer to the roaring 20s than the depression 30s, marked by the longest-running economic expansion in the nation's history. Gen X had it good. With low inflation, rising productivity, due in part to technological advances, and a booming stock market, the national debt clock near Times Square actually started to run backward by 2000, as flush times allowed the country to pay down its debt. That is quite the achievement. Whether or not we still hated yuppies, as Time Magazine once asserted, the professional classes of Gen X were beginning to earn, and that only continued, despite the giant dislocations of the dot-com bust, the year 2000, and the Great Recession, which followed after. I said that part, which followed after, because that, there is, yeah. That shit got rough after a while. By the middle of this decade, in fact, Generation X already had more spending power than either boomers or millennials, according to a survey by Shellman, a market research company that focuses on the luxury sector, with 29% of the estimated net worth and 30% of the income, though we comprise just a quarter of the American adult population. Quite the achievement. <clears throat> and if you two don't stop fucking around, Because this episode is becoming one-third y'all's bullshit. I'm gonna get the water hose, and I'm gonna douse you both. Don't fucking try me. Not in the mood. Lock you in a closet together with a bottle of water that's got holes in it spraying in every direction. Just fucking ruin y'all. Alright. Alright. The generation also seems to have gotten over its aversion to Rolexes and Range Rovers. Although not, it seems, red suspenders. Oh, well, you know... Fucking two out of three ain't bad, yeah? As of 2012, we were also spending 18% more on luxury goods than our yuppie boomer forebears, according to one American Express survey. You can't really trust those surveys half the time. Half those surveys are full of shit, just like the companies that make them. We did not get there by slacking. We just have our own way of enjoying life. As for our notorious hustle-to-debt ratio, it speaks to a generational lifestyle ambition that often exceeds our career ambition. Jason Tesoro born in 1971. The food writer behind the Modern Gentleman series of advice books wrote in an email. Okay. I've published, accomplished, saved, succeeded, but 0.0 family elders would add my name to our ancestral canon of iconic workaholics, he continued. I'm 47, and I can sum up my financial goals in a simple mantra. Older wine, newer shoes. I call it Pellegrino rich. I just want enough affluence so that when I'm asked still or sparkling, I don't have to check my balances first. Welcome to the world, buddy. Everybody fucking wants that. We all crave being able to just not bother looking at the price of a menued item, merely what's in it. Ooh, next section. We totally did sell out, again and again. Younger generations who consider the Kardashians the highest model of professional achievement might have a hard time believing it, but there was a brief moment where some Gen Xers did actually express the opinion that something out was bad. Maybe they just figured no one was buying. It certainly was true for Elliot Smith, born in nineteen sixty-nine, the prototypically ex-singer-songwriter, as he made abundantly clear during his mem- During his memorably strange Oscars appearance in nineteen ninety-eight. Somewhere between Billy Crystal's Broadway by way of Bel Air opening number and Sean Connery. Popping the envelope on Titanic for Best Picture, Mr. Smith, the McCartney of Melancholy, ambled on stage alone with an acoustic guitar, looking uncomfortable, not just in his ill fitting white suit, but in his own skin. Mr. Smith, then 28, was an inscrutable genius plucked from the college town club circuit. He mumbled and squirmed through interviews, rocked greasy hair and thrift store sweatshirts on stage, and had a tattoo of the state of Texas on his arm even though he hated Texas. To the surprise of virtually everyone, including Mr. Smith himself, his forlorn song, Miss Misery, which was featured in Goodwill Hunting, had been nominated for best original song. I just kinda wanna hear that now because I don't recall the song. Jesus fucking Christ. I'm so glad my cat's having fun, but I'm also very, very annoyed because she could not have picked a worse time. Anyway, moving on. Pressing forward, young lad, into the great beyond wonder. Can you please calm the fuck down? Please. Jesus Christ. Alright. From a Generation X perspective, it seemed like a moment of arrival. Here was one of our own. Complicated, elusive, yet infinitely worthy. At last, given the chance to serenade the Bob Mackie gowns and tuxedos with lyrics like To Vanish Into Oblivion, it's easy to do. And then it's actually got... The uh, the video from way back when. Okay, cool. I actually should totally fucking check that out, but just not right now. Uh, let's see. And for him it was. The of triumph lasted exactly 120 seconds. The Titanic crew, who else, took home the gold statue for My Heart Will Go On, sung by Celine Dion, who else, and Mr. Smith followed what seemed like a pre- predestined Gen X career arc, a couple more critical darling albums that failed to go platinum or even gold, and an early death in 2003 from an iPhone to the heart. An apparent suicide, albeit a highly murky one. Oh. And it's got a link. Ah. That's interesting. I think I'll include a link in the... Well. No. I don't think I want to link to this article. I need to figure this shit out. How I want to go about this. I might... I want to say... Successfully and adequately apply a link to whatever the fuck this gets posted on, wherever the fuck this goes. We will see. Alright. Quote, I'm the wrong kind of person to be really big and famous. Unquote. He once said, and it sounded like an epitaph for a generation, except for pretty much everything else that happened in the 1990s. It's often said that we were the last analog generation, and it's true. Most of us remember rabbit ears, vinyl records before they were ironic, and calling 1-800-COLLECT on sidewalk payphones. Wow, I actually know what all that shit is. Like, I didn't experience every single thing there, but Rabbit Ears, vinyl records I never got to enjoy, but Rabbit Ears, uh, 100 Collect on Sidewalk payphones. I actually know what a fucking payphone is and how they worked, for the most part. Let's see. All right, but our lo-fi world ended on October 13th, 1994 when, when the in, with the introduction of the Netscape browser, which made it possible to actually surf the net to invoke a term that has aged a lot worse than vinyl albums. In the coastal capitals of capitalism, opportunity suddenly was in the air. I remember distinctly thinking, wait, you mean I don't have to wait a decade to start something? Said Andrew Yang, born in 1975, the tech entrepreneur and current presidential candidate from 2019, I believe, who bailed on his prestigious big law job in 2000 to start a web company. So what? Y'all brought the Yang gang into this? There was no time for... There was no time for talk about Mars colonies. There were fortunes to be made. Generation X professionals were suddenly eager to sell out, so long as it came with stock options and a tent at Burning Man, founded in 1986. They felt pity for sellouts of an earlier generation, like the hippie-turned-yuppie-boomers, whose idea of a payday was a crushing yellow-tie job in finance or law, and a BMW 5 series. Dude, where's your ambition? And then this just really fucking pathetic photo. Larry Page and Sergey Brin at Google's headquarters in the year 2000. Wow, they look really fucking 80s there. I genuinely thought that was some shit from like the 80s. Okay. Anyway, for some, it almost seemed easy. James Altucher, born in 1968, a serial entrepreneur turned self-help guru, was a broke dude who liked to fiddle with computers when the madness started. Back then, every company needed a website, but no one seemingly knew how to build them. One Fortune 10 company had no luck getting a big advertising agency to cobble one together. So they asked a friend of mine, Mr. Ultra said. Altucher? Anyway. He didn't know how to do it. He asked me. I knew how to do it. I had zero dollars in the bank, was working a full-time job. Three weeks later, I made the website, and they gave me $250,000. <laughs> Jesus Christ. As much as millenni- Back then, that was a lot of fuck money. As much as millennials like Mark Zuckerberg liked to claim dorm room to riches ethos, X got there first. Two late 90s whiz kids, Stephen Paternott and Todd Krizzleman, were still in their early 20s when they went public with a company, Globe.com, which they started in their Cornell dorm room. It was some crazy idea called a social network. Imagine, overnight they were net. Wait, hold on. They were worth nearly $100 million. Jesus Christ. And overnight, they weren't. <laughs> still, you get the point. The boomer Steve Jobs might qualify as the original disruptor, but when boomers broke the rules, there was always a sense of grandiosity and self-satisfaction. Prokofiev Harem performing with the London Symphony Orchestra. Orchestra, really? Orchestra. Mind blown. When X broke the rules, it was punk rock. The dead Kennedys covering Viva Las Vegas. I know, Jella Biafra was a boomer, but spiritually it belonged to us. We broke the rules because we didn't care about the rules. We weren't even sure they existed. Consider Facebook, a company founded by fresh faced millennials like Mr. Zuckerberg himself, except for the token trailing edge Gen Xer, Sean Parker, born in 1979. The company's founding president, and effectively, it's ID. Wait, no. It's ID? It? I'm going to say ID. No skinny arm tech geek, Mr. Parker was a tech swashbuckler who built his entrepreneurial reputation on piracy. And so the record companies argued about his first venture, Napster. <laughs> Through Hollywood lavish parties that would make his on-screen alter ego, Justin Timberlake, one of the oldest millennials, proud. A famously, hold on, and famously proclaimed that running a startup is like eating glass. Just, you, what? Hold on. Running a startup is like eating glass. You just start to like the taste of your own blood. Jesus Christ. So yeah, you end up liking the taste of your own suffering. You care to go? Like, you gotta, you gotta go. Move. There. There you go enjoy okay let's see for generation X anarchy was a business model the new economy was our economy were we not apathetic so much as apathetic sorry that was (laughs) lamestane whatever the digital natives of the millennial generation would hardly be drowning in ones and zeros without Xers like Elon Musk born in 1971 Sergey Brin and Larry Page of Google, born 1973, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, born 1976, and even Tom Anderson of Myspace, born 1970, who for a brief shining moment was everyone's friend. To be fair, I'm not going to go on a fucking tirade, but most of these cocksuckers that he's listing off have seriously fucked with freedom and its opportunity to be, I guess, created, fostered, and supported in one way or another, and I... I mean, except for I guess Tom Tom was chill I mean, he was pretty cool uh, I didn't mind Tom as a friend He was he was pretty cool, pretty chill I thought it was kind of cool that everybody was his friend immediately He's like, you're on my shit? Cool, we're buddies now You're awesome, stay awesome Stay cool <laughs> Fresh shining, for a brief shining moment Was everyone's friend That shit was pretty legit, let's see our generational megalomania was hardly confined to techies jay-z born in 1969 took martha stewart's human as brand hold on really human as brand my brain said human ass brand that's a human ass brand right there human as brand impulse and created an entire or an empire state of mind empire state of mind i like that that's good beats right there. He became a generational icon, turning four letters and a hyphen into a fashion line, a nightclub chain, a sports agency, a tech company, and a sliver of a professional basketball team, while still managing to cut a few albums along the way. Diddy, then Puffy, also born in 1969, went from mogul to rap star as if it were a hobby. Jay and Puffy made it okay to the capitalists in hip hop, or to be capitalist in hip hop, said Michael Gonzalez, a longtime hip hop writer. Rap had always been about the jewelry and the cars, with everyone rapping about making the Benjamins, but a lot of those guys were struggling and living at home. Jay and Puffy showed them how to take it to the next level. It wasn't just all records. You've got to get points. Own your publishing, own your mas- own your masters. And that became part of the culture. Are you a businessman or a business man? And the adage applied to women, too, in some ways for the first time. Missy Elliott, born in 1971, saw what was, a, was obvious founding her own label and becoming a producer. Nice. That's pretty cool. Miss Yellow was shit. Far from staring down... Hold on. I gotta fucking scroll back up, so I'm too far down. Far from staring down morosely at scuffed Converse All-Stars, we craned our necks looking for that next big thing over the horizon. Never comfortable, never satisfied. If that next big thing was bad, we got over it. During the housing bust of the mid-aughts, we got creamed. Many at the home buyers right now, many of the home buyers among us had only recently begun trading up to house the kids we put off having. Often we were buying near the top of the market. Our median home equity plunged forty-three percent during those years, according to Pew Research Center, a lot worse than for boomers, which was twenty-eight percent. Who's sorry now? Between twenty ten and twenty sixteen, Generation X saw its median household net worth skyrocket one hundred and fifteen percent. Boomers were still mired at pre-2007 levels. I mean, it is what it is. Maybe that's the thing about being a generation without any particular identity or belief system. We are adaptable. A weedy species, like rats or cockroaches. Jesus Christ, I could definitely call some of you cockroaches. Built to survive any environment. We are hard to stamp out. I concur. We were never cynical and disaffected. In 2012, our generation finally made its mark in Washington—or seemed to. Congressman Paul Ryan of Wisconsin—you from Wisconsin? Born from—born in 1970—became the Republican nominee and Mitt Romney's running mate. Got their hands so far up your rear they call you Mitt, a potential vice president. The McJob generation—it seemed—might actually inherit one of the most powerful jobs in the world. Well, kind of. While not exactly the 90s Mountain Dew ad vision of shredding youth, Mr. Ryan's nourishing exness became a presumptive selling point to youngish voters, even as Mr. Romney evoked their mom's divorce lawyer. Jesus Christ. Romney, that dude is a fuckwad. As I wrote in 2012 in The Times, Mr. Ryan favors grunge music, Coen Brothers movies, and Kraft brews. You sound like a cuck. He sprinkles the word awesome into daily speech. As a teenager, he even worked an actual mcjob at an actual mcdonald's. Wow. Ooh. He really gets it, and he immediately forgot it. The Gen X notables I talked to then, however, seemed underwhelmed. I wonder if the germs ever felt this way about having Belinda Carlisle as their first drummer, Jenna Knoxville said, in the most Generation X terms imaginable. Jesus Christ. America's jackass need not have worried. Congressman Ryan did not get the job. Six years later, we will—we still have not even sniffed the White House, which may be another reason we suffer a generational sense of athaza, athazagoraphobia and abnormal fear of being forgotten or left out, as Jeff Gordonier pointed out in his 2008 book, X Saves the World. Y'all can be afraid of it all you want, but I mean, for fuck's sake, you know, you laid the foundation for the generations that came after you, at least, so there's that. Take your shit with pride, man. Lots of people seem to believe that Barack Obama was the first generation X president The confusion is understandable. As a teenager, the 44th president spent afternoon smoking pot in a van with a crew called the Choom Gang, which is a very Generation X thing to do. But Mr. Bama was born in 1961 and therefore is not Generation X by most definitions. Some demographers like to argue that the generation began in 1960. To put it in scientific terms, this is hogwash. Most people born in 1960 graduated from high school in 1978. The white suburban high school students I remember in 1978 wore feathered hair, thought Camaros were cool, and considered Lucky Man by Emerson, Lake, and Palmer to be the height of synth pop. Case closed. Jesus Christ. He looks like a fucking... Ugh. Alright, let's see. Scroll back up a wee bit. And let's check our time real quick. Oh, we are killing it right now. Going on 20... Well, going well into 25 minutes now. I say well into. It's only... 15 seconds in so we're gonna go ahead and take a break because i have been running on this one for a minute and uh i think what we're going to do this time is uh uh oh excuse me that was gross Uh, i think this time we're going to listen to let's see head pe's song self-aware we're going to go into that one on this with this break so y'all enjoy self-aware before we go though i'd like to go ahead and say if you have been enjoying this and appreciating me talking about generation x as much as i have then by all means please send me some love Throw me some some cheddar from wisconsin uh over on cash app it's uh cash tag white all one word that's discountwalterwhite. white so and your boy does accept bitcoin so if you'd like to throw me uh a bit a coin, to quote my buddy over on uh, Ghost of Thor radio show, uh, if you want to toss a coin to your Walter, my preference on saying, then by all means, please do so. I'd appreciate it. Every penny goes to supporting the show and keeping me doing this and uh, keeping the blue skies mix on broadcast. So, uh, this is a censorship-free a censorship show. This is a censorship-free show. So, if you would like to support my work, then by all means, I'd be unbelievably grateful. And if you do nothing else except for give me a follow and share me around some, that by itself does more than you can realize. And I'm grateful no matter what you do. So I hope you all are doing all right. hope you're enjoying the show. And this is, like I said, Head P.E.'s Self-Aware. Y'all enjoy, and we'll be back after the break. friends and welcome back from the break i hope you enjoyed that self-aware by head pe um short break for you because you just got to enjoy a song long break for me i had a whole last day in between that break and this one and it's been an event so uh to reiterate uh any support given to this channel or this i should say podcast because i'm so used to saying channel It'll go straight into supporting this and keeping me afloat to where I can actually do things. And as you can see, I'm well on my way to a million subscribers or followers. Um, I'm already trudging along to a good solid million views. And uh, I'm out and about out there getting things done, getting things worked out, figured out, however you want to go about it. Uh, whatever you want to call it, we are working things to the bone over here at the Blue Skies Mix, and, uh, your boy's been, uh, has been busy, uh, ripping out whatever little hair he has left, so, if you'd like to support me, please do, and that has nothing at all to do with how my day has been, I assure you, (laughs) back to the article. And again, this is in the New York Times, and it's titled Actually, Gen X Did Sell Out, Invent All Things Millennial, and Cause Everything Else That's Great and Awful By, if I recall, Andrew Williams So, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, if I'm right, I'm right, great (coughs) To continue where we left off I might do accents and stuff for fun Just because, I don't know if you could hear one try to slip out just then But it was trying to come out, it was like, I might do an accent or two on the way here, but you never know. I might do it for fun, because it mixes things up for shits and giggles. Anyway, for the time being, I'm going to stick with this, because I want to trudge right along here instead of getting caught up in accents. There's no guarantee that Gen X will ever hatch a president. One vague possibility is the mediagenic, democratic, hopeful Beta O'Rourke, a walking, talking Generation X cliche, as Elizabeth Spears of The Washington Post put it, the Oh god. Alright. The former Texas congressman was a skater, sort of, Mrs. Spears wrote, or Miss Spears wrote. He was in a punk band called Foss. He was, we learned recently, part of a hacker collective called The Cult of the Dead Cow, where he ran a bulletin board called Taco Land. What the actual French fried fuck. Beta O'Rourke. He had an early moment, then Mr. O'Rourke's popularity was immediately leapfrogged by another mediagenic white male, Pete Buttigieg. I'm seeing a lot of names kick up that are just quite interesting that they're connected. Who at 37 occupies some sort of Generation Y gray zone. Yeah, weak excuses. Still. We may still have our day generation x along with millennials finally rocked the vote in greater numbers than boomers and older voters of the 2016 election according to pew that is one way at least we can still feel young <coughs> oh god <sighs> we invented woke we were never an afterthought of american politics if you take politics to mean the all mean, really mean the all the real stuff Okay, to mean all the real stuff that goes on outside the beltway in terms of gender politics, racial politics, and environmental politics. It might be a cliche to say that we are a generation of iconoclasts and mavericks wired to challenge authority. But when Apple unveiled its Think Different campaign in the 90s, they were selling to us and we bought it. Come on, guys. Really? Gen X? Really? Why'd you buy it? Many of us lived it, too. Before politically correct was a cudgel that Fox News types used to hammer the left over gender-neutral bathrooms, college students of the 80s and 90s who might now, okay, now identify as progressive rallied. Oh God, who might now identify as progressive rallied under the PC banner as a point of pride? <clears throat> Excuse me, I am burping because of water, and uh, whatever I've been snacking on. Let's see. Renovating a busted old language for a new era where pets became animal companions. Really, to me, it's a kink. Illegal aliens became undocumented workers, and gay people became queer, which was confusing for a lot of straight people at the time. Alrighty then, whatever the fuck's going on there. My Gen X world when I was young was full of activists, not slackers. AIDS activists, reproductive health advocates, and LGBT fight pioneers said Grants Frank Riete, whatever the fuck her name is, <clears throat> born in nineteen seventy one, a longtime political journalist who in her late teens led a campaign for the advocacy group Act Up to pressure the government and pharmaceutical companies to develop new AIDS drugs. You're man, this did not fucking age well, did it? Because if I recall, didn't a bunch of evidence come out to support that they actually caused worse things in than- the aids pandemic because of their drugs isn't that how that worked i love you but i can't right now you're you're cute and fluffy and i really wish that i could you are the softest of all cats but i can't stop being cute <clears throat> no no all right well this was written in uh 2019 so this isn't 2021 fresh so i love you but no god damn it no No, you have to go. I'm sorry, I love you, but you have to go. I feel bad, she's so cute and sweet. Alright. Yeah, no, 2021 was a wonderful year full of, I'm not gonna say revelation, fuck it, of a lot of bullshit being dragged out into the open and coming to light, and a lot of bad people, if you know where to look and actually do your research, a lot of bad people got dragged out right into the open, kicking and screaming. And right now they're doing the good old Dance Monkey Dance. But if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, Dance Water Dance. And uh... Actually that makes more sense. Yeah, anyway. Gross. It didn't hurt that we grew up in a post-Civil Rights era where knocking down walls like the one in Berlin was less a goal than an assumption. Ah, Berlin, yes. My mother didn't go to integrated schools. I did, said Kevin Powell, a Jersey City-bred activist, speaker, and author who was also a member of the MTV's Real World cast in 1992. Jesus Christ. Ah, Forgot Real World was a thing. Back when MTV would actually put music on TV. What glorious days, probably, for that shit. I was a bit of wee babbert, and I definitely was bench-pressing motherfuckers through walls back then for the juicy juice. (coughs) All right. So my friends were from different backgrounds. I loved NWA, but I also loved Guns N' Roses. On television, we grew up with shows that were pushing envelopes, Mr. Powell said. All in the Family, pitting an old-school blue-collar bigot against a self-righteous lefty son-in-law. The Jeffersons, featuring a mixed-race married couple. Soap, with an openly gay man dating a male football player. You do what you do, I guess. I believe that shaped us, Mr. Powell said. I can quote stuff about the monkeys, about Soul Train, and I'll get white people. Latinx people. Really? My bad. Latinx people. uh, Asian people. Black folks. All different folks having the same reference points. I really believe that we were the precursor to millennials. There were these crossing of boundaries. Don't be fucking proud of that, bud. We hate everyone including ourselves. That's how it works being a millennial. Like, as a generation, we hate our generation. We also hate everyone else. We don't think we're better than anyone. We think everyone else is just fucking garbage along with us. Like, that's how this works. That's our generation. It's our claim to fucking fame. Also, I just watched a cat try to come, come up on the table and it fell visibly, so. You can try again in a bit. You're cute and soft, so. Squishy kitties. Okay. It was hardly one big gorgeous mosaic. It never is. In our formative years, we saw racial attacks in Howard Beach, Queens, and Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. Okay, then. Become national news, as well as the rise of neo-Nazi skinheads in gay conversion camps. Gay marriage was politically unthinkable, and even some progressive boomer parents had a hard time when their children came out. You heard the catch. You got really close. Even so, some progressive exers saw an old order crumbling, sometimes just with a visit to the record store. When I think of the meat of the eighties, I think of the gender bending of the early Depeche Mode, the early Cure, Erasure, Culture Club, even Wham!, said Ali Royce Sobel, born in 1973. A photographer and painter who now identifies as non-binary recalled the abundant sense of permission growing up in the Atlanta suburbs, being young and coming out, music was my connection to a community. Good for you. Music was my way to not kill people. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. What's left of it? I hated everyone, and music and, and games was how I escaped. So, to the powers that be, uh, if you wanted a serial killer, you got the father figure. So, sucks to suck. Alright. In the wake of Anita Hill's testimony during the Clarence Thomas hearings, a generation of Generation X women rallied to the call by the third-wave feminist Rebecca Walker, born 1969. Please get your butt out of my face. (laughs) Move. Go. Move. Move your butt. Get the fuck down. Or I guess you can just curl up and be cute right there. That works. Alright. What the fuck was that? You do not... Do not vote for them unless they work for us. Do not have sex with them. Do not break bread with them. Do not nurture them if they don't prioritize our freedom to control our bodies and our lives. Okay, that sounds really... Whatever the fuck your agenda is. Really? God damn it. Well, you get... You were comfortable for a second and then you get up and your ass is immediately in my face. Yeah, go over there and be cute. It was one step toward hashtag me too. There were others. Some were small but not insignificant. Who the fuck is that? Tabitha Soren interviewed Bob Dole for MTV in New Hampshire in 1996. I forgot Bob Dole was even a thing. I remember Norm MacDonald doing Bob Dole impressions on fucking Saturday Night Live, back when they were actually good. By the way, you can't find all those good seasons from back in the 90s and early 2000s. You can't find those fucking anywhere, as far as the streaming service goes. You know why? You can find George Carlin's original fucking episode one, but you can't find all the good stuff from the 90s you know why because that shit was too hot to handle what a scaredy cat punk ass little world alright Saltiness aside, Tabitha Sorin, born 1967, who unwittingly became a generational symbol when she interviewed the first President Bush as an MTV news correspondent fresh out of New York University, recalled how Kathleen Hanna of the Riot Grrrl Band, that's girl as in G-R-R-R-L, trying to fight George R-R-R-R-Martin for the right to use jrrrr Tolkien's R's. R's, 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 R's and they're all fighting Johnny Depp over that shit in Pirates fucking 19 at this point. Alright. Whatever the fuck bikini kill is, had the brilliant idea of moving male mosh pits to the back of the show so that girls didn't get pushed out of the way. Combat boots in their faces. I always heard kick-ass stories about how chicks were protected in mosh pits and that if you got too physical or you were too obnoxious, mosh pit people would fucking destroy you and protect those who deserve to be protected. Namely, The Innocent. So... I think they forgot how that shit worked, or etiquette. Or maybe they just didn't go to any that actually had any. What a shit show. It was a metaphor as much as a more ideal way of seeing shows for everyone, said Mrs., or Miss Soren. I keep wanting to say Mrs. But it's Miss. She's not married. Of course she's not. The hard-won proto-woke triumphs of that era look a little more complicated now. Let me Hold on, real quick, as a quick aside... Because I said she's not married, and I said, of course she's not, I got 10 bucks that says almost every single one of you, if not every single fucking one of you outright that is listening right now, immediately thought of man plus woman marriage. I got a goddamn dollar. (laughs) That says at least half of you immediately thought, oh, she must not have a fucking husband then. She must be the crazy cat lady or some shit like that, or she was a crazy Karen. I 100% was just like, I mean, whatever. There's just there's no R. All right. <clears throat> I just think she's an inseparable cunt. Probably. You never know. <laughs> All right. The Beastie Boys, when they weren't fighting for the rights of rich kids from New York private schools to party, were celebrated b- for ending the rocker tendencies of white suburban youth and opening the door for them to discover a Public Enemy and Queen Latifah. Hey, Queen Latifah had some fucking pipes. She could sing leaving aside the 2019 questions of cultural appropriation even the beasties have to admit that a lot of their beer swelling party boy fans were probably not that far off from Brett Kavanaugh wow a lot of names that I... oh god this is a hot fucking mess isn't it this is just a powder keg waiting to blow as Michael Diamond born 1965 or Mike D told Vice in a video published last year so last year as in 2018 it's a messy question no matter we're used to them we were born into Vietnam and in Watergate, and at a time when, ladies and gentlemen, the Bronx was burning, we came of age in a decade ravaged by AIDS and crack. Ideologues find that sort of stuff crushing. Survivors, on the other hand, survive. Oh, darling. I got all your shit, and then some. Maybe this is why, in a country cleaved between blue and red, we tend to shade purple, opting for pragmatism over ideology. On several hot-button issues, immigration, same-sex marriage, government spending, we tend to split the difference between the more conservative boomers and the more liberal millennials, according to Pew. P-E-W, as in Pew Pew Pew. (coughs) We are the original socially liberal, economically conservative generation, David Rosen, a consultant who focuses on the psychology of politics, recently wrote in Politico magazine. We were happy to believe the problems were that... (laughs) We were happy to believe that the problems are bad, but their causes are very, very good, as the joke goes. This scrappy, if self-defeating, independent streak, he suggested, was a consequence of our under-parenting. If you wanted lunch and mom and dad weren't around, all the moral values in the world wouldn't add up to a grilled cheese sandwich, Mr. Mr. Rosen wrote. Not wrong. You could take all of that as a negative... Once again, here we are in the wrong place at the wrong time, right the middle, displaying centrist tendencies in a political climate that celebrates the extremes. But I'm not so sure. In today's polarized, online hellscape of a world, regardless of background or political chances, I like our chances to fix things after whatever inferno awaits. I have to. It would kill me to see millennials take all the credit. Oh, I like that. That's funny. That's the end of the article. And, uh... I think I'm going to take a minute and let that fucking marinate before I get back to what I was going to do. And it's an excellent time for a break anyway. Broke over 15 on our way to 17 minutes now. So, here's another song by Head P.E. As the cat meows desperately in the background. If you can shut the hell up, please. Anyway, another song by Head P.E. Jesus Christ. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. If you don't stop fucking meowing, shut the fuck up. Squirt. Go back here and f- go back here and kick your sister's ass, please, so she'll shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ. All right. Let's see. I think I want to play... What is it? Oh, for fuck's sake you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to frisbee this whole ass table at you. This table's fucking heavy. Alright, one moment while I look for the damn song that I'm wanting to play. I don't think it's that one. Let's see... Well, I'll tell you what. How about this? Let's just fucking go with what I wanted to do. Head P.E.'s song Fallen because it's a good thing, and I enjoy it. It's a big middle finger in lyrics, and I fucking love it. So as a quick plug, so I can take this break and get on with shredding the cat the hell up for a little bit, uh, <laughs> this has been your boy, Discount Walter White, before this quick break, and we reach our summary section. Uh, I say summary section like it's going to be an actual end. I have no idea. If you like what I'm doing so far, if you'd like to support my work and anything else that I do in the future from henceforth, then uh, give me a like, give me a follow, whatever you can do, show some love, uh, and if you'd like to support me directly, you can hit me up on Cash App, Cash Walter White. That's all one word, Discount Walter White. I do accept Bitcoin, and uh, if you're feeling a bit froggy and extremely generous in my opinion, you can toss a coin to your Walter, and every ounce of that will go straight to supporting this and what it is that I'm doing. So, if you'd like to give me some love, you're more than welcome to. Either way, enjoy the break, and uh, have a listen to Head P.E. Fallen. I definitely recommend it. friends and welcome back it's your boy discount walter back. yeah discount walter back discount walter white welcoming you back from the break hope you enjoyed that that was head pe's fallen another lyrical masterpiece that is nothing but a big old fuck you to the world and everyone that tells you to be a certain way you do you you live your life no one else they can get fucked now Let's go ahead and start bringing this to a close because I think I've talked enough about Generation X uh, and what it is that they have done that, or at least representing them in some capacity or another, in any kind of a positive light. Um, It's time to slag them for a bit because I, like those um, who know me, have a bit of a grudge against that generation, including those who know me who are a part of that generation. Well, for the most part. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart, because I saw this rolled out whenever I was a kid. Uh, when I was a youngin back in school, and me and my entire class, even some of the teachers, thought it was pretty fucking stupid. Participation trophies. We saw them come out. We didn't start them. It was... We weren't even the... Like... The generation before us who subjected us to this shit, they're not even the ones who actually started them either. Apparently these things have been around since like the 1920s, but hey, who's keeping score? For those of you who do not know, a participation trophy is a trophy given to children, usually, who participate in a sporting event but do not finish in first, second, or third place. And so normally would not receive any kind of trophy or award. Because why would you award those who lose? The point is to motivate those who lose by not giving them an award. You make them be like, okay, I'm going to get that fucking award. I'm going to get that trophy. I'm going to get that medal. I'm going to win it. I'm going to get the gold. Like, why? Why would you? Oh, just I don't know. It's frequently associated with millennials, those of Generation Y. The use of participation trophies has caused some controversy. Critics argue that, the, that they promote narcissism and entitlement among children to whom they are given and are based on incorrect assumptions regarding supposed f- oh, I' going to say physiological, physiological, psychological benefits of self-esteem. Critics also note that some children also do not value them as much as they do normal trophies that are given to winners, because they're not remotely close to that kind of value or importance. They haven't a modicum of import. They fucking suck. Defenders of participation trophies argue that they teach children that trying their best is good enough, even if they do not win. Okay, well, um, let's see if I can pull that thing back up because I read a beautiful... Reopen the close tab. Okay, yeah, no, I read a beautiful little uh little segment. Let's see if I can find it. There it is, right there. Oh fuck, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. <sighs> fuck, where's it at? God damn this article for being a piece of shit. Creepy ass motherfuckers. Alright, let's see. Course, course, course. Alright. Where is that shit at? Let's see. Uh, you're in here somewhere. There it is, okay. Let's see... The first person to use participation trophy as an epithet might have been Janelle... Moment, time Go. For fuck's sake, it's been the entire night. I love you, but stay the fuck over there. Alright, now, as I was saying as you hear her jingling in the distance. The first person to use participation trophy as an epithet might have been Janelle Guth, the catcher on the 1993 Princeton, Minnesota high school girls softball team, who, after back-to-back sixth-place finishes in the state tournament, told the team that we've got... They put, they put the quotes in the wrong spot. Told the team that we've got enough participation trophies her coach told the St. Cloud Times I'm getting jumbled up and big fuddled over here because all this stupid shit let's see it was a short walk from there to the take that participation trophies foster entitlement and diminish achievement let's see Jesus fucking Christ it was whatever. John Powers of the Boston Globe complained in 1993 that we have become a nation of winners, our shelves lined with consolation trophies and certificates of participation. Powers didn't use the exact phrase, but a year later, the Abbeville, or Abbeville, Louisiana, Meridonial, Merid- Meridional, 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 did. Participation trophies take away meaning a dad columnist in el paso texas complained in 1998 that participation trophies were responsible for giving our children a false sense of accomplishment the backlash was in full swing by 2005 when the wall street journal published a trend story on how youth sports leagues were abandoning participation trophies here's my fucking thing with the participation trophy bullshit we all knew as kids that they were fucking stupid all right we didn't want them If you'd have asked any of the actual kids in my school, period, all of them, every single one of us, we didn't fucking want the stupid trophies. We thought it was dumb. Why the fuck would you reward us for losing? We knew that winning was an important thing because it was how you showed your skill, how you showed how strong you were. If you weren't the best, you could still win. Yeah, we understood that. We didn't need a fucking trophy to show it to us. Because we knew that those who didn't get first place could still get approval from people for the effort they put in because sometimes first place is a fucking beast sometimes first place is going to be hard to beat first place is going to be a bad motherfucker that you're not going to be able to stand up to 100 percent but second place and first place can have one hell of a good row and you will see some shit you wouldn't see otherwise everyone in the in the event can do amazing everyone could break a record an actual true record And they would still have losers. You could all break a record and still lose to first, second, and third. And that was okay. Because you knew then that you were on... You were just as capable as them. Because if someone else wins, you can win. You've just got to work hard enough and want it bad enough. And you can win. We had a problem with the fact that they wanted to shove these stupid trophies on us. We didn't like them. They were stupid. They were dumb as fuck now and they're dumb as fuck... Wait, no. They were as fuck then and they're dumbest fuck now. I got it backwards because I'm full of angst and anger. And I'm distracted by a million things at once because I'm constantly busy. But... All that aside, the... glory that was those things that were pushed on us. We didn't ask for them. We didn't want them. We didn't know anything about them. They were fucking pushed on us by the generation before us. And the glorious thing is... They blamed us for them. We got blamed for the stupid fucking trophies that they've pushed on us. They made us fit into that stupid fucking mold and then blamed us for it. Not because of them, no. God no, they were flawless motherfuckers. They didn't have a single flaw flawed bone in their body. They didn't fart flaws. You couldn't they farted fucking flowers. They, most of them people were as useless as a fart and a can, and yet here they are saying that we are the reason why we are the way that we are. We, not every one of us is going to be a success story on fuck you, I can do this thing. Fuck you, I deserve to deal with the bullshit and work harder and become stronger and better. A golden example right now. I don't deserve to just immediately be fucking magically successful without putting in some kind of effort. I, I ask for your support, I do, because I would love it, and I have a goal, I want to bring you information and entertainment that you can't get otherwise, I might have a, a certain type of fucking flair that you can't find anywhere else, and if I do, and you enjoy that, fantastic, I hope that you enjoy this shit that I put out, and you can support me, and if you can't, I hope you enjoy the show, whatever, we'll get there, but... I'm not saying that I immediately deserve just to magnificently and magically have the one million subscribers and followers that I'm marching my way to steadily and, and aggressively. Like, we are well on our way, just so you know. <laughs> but I say that because it's a state of mind sort of thing. Winners have state of mind where they win. They have a winning state of mind. Put yourself in that state of mind and you too can actually fucking win without being handed a false victory. Because there are winners and there are losers. And if you're a loser who is told that you won and that you didn't have to fucking work for that, then you you will not succeed in life. You will be fucking weak and no one will want to bother with you because you'll have this sense of entitlement that, well, when I was a kid, I was always winning because I had the trophies to prove it. No, motherfucker. You were dog shit. Now get back out on the track and shed some of them pounds, biggin. Let's go. Work some of that fat ass off and get your ass in the first place. you got to fucking earn it. Like, and coming from me, your boy, Discount Walter White here, your mans, me, myself, and I, I'm a chonky motherfucker, all right? I lost it for a while, decided I didn't like being that thin because I didn't lose it naturally. I lost it too aggressively, and it cost me everything with my health. I want to lose it proper, all right? I want to get my ass in shape proper, and I'm fat, okay? Not as fat as I was, not as fat as I could be, but I'm still kind of fat. I'm a bit chonky, but I wear it damn well, and people fucking love my hugs, so there's that, you know, and with the fat, I guess, came the anger, I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> participation trophies don't do us any good and the generation that blames us for them isn't fucking any good at being the parents that we needed. And that's the broader topic of what I'm going to be talking about in Generation Extinguished. Those who, those who come on to talk about the generation that failed them, their parents, Generation X, and I guess in some cases, for some of you weirdos out there, you unlucky fuckers, the boomers that failed you, but uh, Generation X, they They failed. The article that I read was full of good and glory and and the uh, down and dirty, but it didn't fucking actually encapsulate and capture the things that we fucking lived through. It was a glory day reminder. That's all that shit was. It was a well. We we didn't do everything that we set out to do, but we did this, this, and this. The world doesn't give a fucking. Neither do I. No one fucking cares. Okay, you're the forgotten generation. You're the lost generation. You wandered aimlessly, ultimately, because you were told to go in directions, and you did. And you fit the fucking narrative. You fit the bullet points. They got what they wanted, despite what the fuck ever you might have wanted, because you gave in. Millennials, we have a bone to pick with everyone because we got sick and tired of being promised the world and the world not delivering. Like, it didn't fucking show up. We were promised everything and then everything was taken from us. That's our bone to pick. That's the fucking burden that we bear. And that's the anger that... That's some of the anger that resides in my heart. But it's only a fraction of the generation. We've got a lot of shit to say. And we're fucking angry about it. And I don't give a damn what anybody says. And especially that cunt Simon Sinek. Fuck that fag. Like, I don't give a damn what you have to say. It's... You can say what you want and be how you want. But we had to live through it. Generation X y'all were our parents you failed us you did you failed us you told us all these things either for good or for bad and like for example my mom regularly told me you're gonna grow up to be a serial killer just because i had anger problems i had anger problems because she didn't know how to talk to me because she didn't try to learn how to talk to me because I was too damn smart. How am I going to... Because I'm too smart for you to learn how to... For you to know how to talk to or raise. I had to dumb myself down to talk to people. I still do. I am capable of much higher levels of intelligence than what the fuck I put out there. Because I've got to keep it fucking... I want to say girdled. I've got to keep the shit throttled back. Because if I actually hit levels that I know I can reach. If I actually encourage that shit then it would be fucking impossible to talk to me in a way that would make sense for you 100% of the time. I would mind fuck you on a regular basis. And I don't let myself be as smart as I know that I can. I was a fucking genius in school. And I missed out on an opportunity because my mom failed me. Because she didn't sign papers. Because she didn't seek the information that she needed to. She was more interested in running around with the guys that she was talking to online and basically fucking around behind my dad's back. Like, that is all the fuck she did. And she didn't She didn't bother trying to learn what kind of an appetite I had. So she just fed me garbage. So I got fatter. Like, I stayed indoors because we lived so far away from everybody. I didn't want to go outside. There was no one to play with. And whenever I did try to go hang out with friends that were nearby and go play with them, go hang out with them, it was always, no, I keep you, you, you fucking this, you fucking that, blah, 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 blah. And then it literally never went anywhere. So you want to, like, it, if I'm a fucking, if I'm, if I, me being the way that I am, If that makes me a bad person, if everything that I went through as a kid is my fault because my parents failed me, then then God damn it, I guess that makes me a bad fucking person, doesn't it? To to them, at least. But at least my dad gave a fuck enough to try. He tried. He worked his ass off. He had no goddamn idea what I was saying at the time. But he knew that, they, that I was a person Who was worth the fucking effort Whenever he had the time and the energy To give me that fucking effort At least he fucking tried And that makes all the difference in the world Because yeah He went through all kinds of shit His parents, his dad put him through hell But he and his dad worked it out And he knew that one day He and I would figure it out We would fucking connect and bond on some shit Turns out it was fishing and shooting I'm a hell of a shot whenever I can actually get some practice in and whenever I get better muscular, tr- smuc- <laughs> muscular control back underneath my belt because like I said losing all that weight so aggressively cost me everything. I had to start over from fucking scratch because my life has been hell. I've been through a hell the likes of which I can't explain. Like, and that I'm not saying it's all because of them because I, that would be wrong but plenty of it Ain't my fucking fault. I did the best I fucking could raising myself. Because the Generation X before me failed me. And I'm not the only one. I will never be just the only one. There are many people out there who Generation X failed. They failed us. And they want to claim like we're the reason why they failed us. Bullshit. I'm the dad friend... Because they failed us. Because my parents failed, I learned how to be a good dad. I looked at the mistakes of my parents, and everything they did wrong, I didn't bother doing that shit. Everything that they fucked up on, I did right. I made sure to actually care and be compassionate. And because of that, I learned over time even what I would and would not be capable of putting up with as far as, like, a partner goes. Like, I had to teach myself everything because they taught me nothing teaching me how to basically load a dishwasher teaching me how to basically fix a grilled cheese sandwich teaching me how to basically fish how to basically hunt like at least my dad gave a shit enough to teach me those things but that's not I'm not going to survive on that shit in today's society I had to learn I had to figure it out And it took me, it cost me fucking everything almost every single time. Because my life has been nothing but fucking turmoil and pain. And I have overcome it. I constantly keep moving forward. People keep telling me that I'm strong. And I don't think about, well, am I strong in terms of like like how strong they think I am or am I just strong because I refuse to give the fuck up and I got to keep going. I need to keep going. I have to keep going. Because I care about people and people There are people that care about me And I don't want to let them down And I don't want to not be able to be there for them whenever it matters Because like I said, I'm the dad friend So I like like to be able to do things that my parents failed at Because they failed plenty And Yeah, their lives weren't perfect Maybe their parents failed them in ways Yeah But it was up to you to break that fucking cycle you didn't break the cycle. You just changed the way that the fucking thing happened. You changed his direction, so to speak, or you put it on a different wavelength, whatever. And the only reason that I'm breaking the cycle, myself, personally, is because I'm the dad friend who wants to save everyone. I want to save the fucking world. I want. I still have that, that idea of being able to save everyone, of being able to help everyone, of being able to fix the world. That we can fix it. That there are things that we can fix. Because that's been my fucking motivational, uh, I want to say, system. That's my modus operandi since I was a fucking kid. I was a kid and I knew that things were wrong with the world. As a kid, a small kid, like three years old, I learned what investing was at a very young age. And I immediately was was like, oh, I'm doing that. That's amazing. That's exactly what I need to do. And I, every time I wanted to do it as a kid. To the point to where I heard no so much and that it was dumb and that it was pointless so much that because of that I lost interest in it until I was way too fucking late as an adult way too goddamn late because by the time it was I was set and ready to go and able to actually take interest in that shit it was way too fucking late because then everything fell apart because again there were things that I had to learn and go through granted to be fair uh my bone to pick with the universe which some of you might have caught in one of those episodes raging on the range uh Might have caught in that episode. I've got a bone to pick with the universe because I went through some shit that I was not wanting and not ready for. I got a fucking issue with that. Anyway though, here we are. So, moving on. I wasn't I wasn't happy young and when I got older because I had no independence as a young man, as a youth, when I got older I could not wait to get older because then I could go and at least be independent and decide how I did things. And because of that, I got to learn and experience things. So, Generation X failed me. I'm curious how they failed you. I'd love to know. So, if you're willing to shoot me any kind of, like, if you can shoot me a comment somewhere or whatever, then whatever it is that gets it, however the fuck I can go about this, then fantastic. I'm going to consider that fantastic and wonderful and good in all ways. And hopefully it'll get somewhere hopefully it'll be something more uh if i'm able to do anything with this on youtube you guys will find out if not then it'll just be snippets uh of whatever i can do i'll try to do a video recording of this uh if you were gonna if you would rather see me i guess <laughs> and get a uh, shortened version of this you won't get any music in it not like this anyway like uh, how this has been presented you won't get any music on that but it'll be a lot shorter if possible like it won't feature the article it won't feature anything like that no build up it'll just be me pretty much just dragging Gen X and how they failed me stories from my youth and all that good stuff Uh, it'll be all that shit but there'll be ample stories from other people Uh, those who wish to talk whoever I can get to come on and talk uh or at least even if they weren't directly failed by their parents how that generation failed them with society and expectation of how life would be like personally i figured we'd be on mars or flying cars and shit like that by now but here the fuck we are fiddle fucking around doing the same shit distracted by the bullshit and enjoying it thinking that it's progress whenever it's really just fucking stagnation god i can't wait For whatever the fuck is going to take to get y'all going again because this lack of forward motion is absolutely fucking agonizing. And I mean real forward motion, not a a repetition of some bullshit cycle from eons ago. Some real forward momentum, some real pushing forward because this shit is tired and played out. So, all that shit aside, this has been a wonderful, glorious thing for me. And I guess to uh, kind of fit with the ending of this... Uh, I'm gonna play another song by Head PE, one that sort of fits it. Because uh, I just played you, excuse me, Jesus. I just played you one of my favorite songs, if not my favorite song by Head PE, that was "Fallen" on the last break. This one is called "Blackout." It's "Blackout" by Head PE. You should enjoy it. And uh, before I get to the clip, if you'd like to support me, you can. If you want to keep me going, keep this show. This broadcast this blue skies mix of mine uh, censorship free then by all means hit me up on cash app cash tag discount walter white that's all one word discount walter white i do accept bitcoin on there so if you feel froggy and extremely generous by all means you can toss me oh my bad sorry almost fucked up on my thing you can toss a coin to your walter and uh we can do this song and dance and have some fun with it now i do intend on actually uploading some funny shit. Which right now, the only thing that's really funny that I've got That I consider actually be funny Is on YouTube It's the first video on there It's the introduction to my channel It is Welcome to the Blue Skies Mix And uh, you might enjoy it and get to see my beautiful, handsome face Fully detailed and HD With white hairs included Because of the ripe old age of 29 I've got to have white hairs apparently in abundance Because stress is a motherfucker And here we go Anyway Let's get to the song now. Uh, The song, again, is Head P.E. Blackout. It's a wonderful song. Uh, Head P.E. is a lot of good angry music, so if you've enjoyed them, go ahead and check them out in places where they are, here on Spotify or elsewhere. And uh, all their new stuff, I can't swear by, but I can definitely swear by this stuff. So thanks for checking in. Hope you guys are uh, staying frosty, stay cool. Or, yeah, it's summertime right now, so... If you're enjoying this in the summer, stay cool. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Be sure to tune back in. Give me a like and a follow. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, check me out on TikTok. And send me some coin on Cash App. Otherwise, here's Head PE's Blackout. And this is Discount Walter White. Your one and only boy. Signing off. Bye-bye.
1: about plastic skin, I gotta get out, gotta get out.